Hi. This is the final week. It's week nine of our Hope Zone Helpers for Hebrews from Hebrews, where we are working through and meditating on uh, verses from the book of Hebrews that will help us to live a life of faith-filled hope in the Lord Jesus, as we're called to from Hebrews chapter 11. And as you've been with us, um, we've been going through different places in Hebrews and just being encouraged either by the grace of God towards us or the call by grace for us to have endurance or grit in the face of things that would cause us to get discouraged or cause us to experience despair, to lose our hope in the Lord Jesus. So this is our final week. It's week nine. I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you're enjoying this time in between Christmas and New Year's and that you've uh, you've had some time to spend with the Lord and to rest and to um, think afresh and apply to your heart the truth that there was a day when the eternal God became a little baby on a mission to rescue a people for God from the fallen world. This is Hebrews 13. Verses 20 and 21. Listen to the word of God. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I love the prayers of Scripture. There's, they're always so packed with awesome truth. And because it's a prayer, you know, it's kind of a heart-to-heart communication. This isn't a teaching. It's a lifting up of the soul to God. It, it connects with me. I find the prayers connect with me at a deep soul level, which I really um, find life-giving. And so here's the prayer that concludes the book of Hebrews. And it's really a prayer that the audience that this letter was written to would apply this truth in faith in their lives, that they would live it out, that it would be obvious to the people around them that they're believing the truth that's happened here. And the thing that I find so encouraging as a doorway into this prayer and understanding what's going on is one of the the little sections of it near the end where where he's saying, working in us. May God work in us that which is pleasing in his sight. And this is a wonderful, wonderful truth that when we, by faith, want to live a life that pleases God, that's obedient to his will, that reflects accurately who Jesus is and what he's done and who we are now as God's people, when we want to do that, We can pray and trust that it is God himself that is going to work into us everything that comes out of us that pleases God. So there's kind of like this um, circle from heaven where God sends it and it produces a fruit and comes back to us. It's kind of like, you know, when you're a kid, maybe you studied the water cycle. And, you know, water exists in oceans and lakes, and then the sun comes out, and uh, it warms up the, the water, and it starts to evaporate, and then it goes into the sky, and then it, it comes together in clouds in the sky. I've forgotten the technical word. And then at a certain time, whether the right uh, weather environment or the cloud runs up against a mountain or something like that, then it comes back down as rain and you know it soaks up the land and it it feeds the crops and it feeds the rivers and the rivers run back to the lakes and oceans and so it goes through a cycle again and and we are kind of like the earth 
in a weather cycle, in the water cycle of God, where God will um, send his word to us. And it works in us by grace and the Holy Spirit, this desire and this ability to do what is pleasing in his sight. And it also produces the power in order to walk it out. So then we walk out what is pleasing in God's sight and we return back to him this kind of praise and thankfulness of obedient, an obedient life. And then that thanksgiving goes back to God and he receives the obedience as worship. He receives it as praise. And he responds again by working in us in a deeper level or in a new way. He opens up a new territory in our life maybe, a new call, a deeper um, danger maybe, or perceived danger to walk through in faith. And, and he works it in us this realization that we're called to hope and that we want to move and respond in faith and he works it in us and that so that everything is from God and through God and back to God to quote the Apostle Paul from the book of Romans. And this is just a beautiful picture that is part of this prayer. And you know, this prayer is about producing hope even as he's seeking the Lord for it. And as he describes the God he's praying to, he uses kind of three different qualifiers that answer the question, is God able to work in us what's pleasing in his sight? You know, is God invested in working in us what's pleasing in his sight? And is God committed? It's similar, but a little bit different. Is God invested and is he committed? Is God able to work in us what's pleasing in his sight? Well, when he begins his prayer, he says, May the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus. That's the first descriptor after saying that he's a God of peace. It's the first descriptor. He has the power to bring a dead man back to life. So yes, when he is working in you, to will and to work according to his good pleasure. When he is working in you to do what is pleasing sight, he has resurrection power. He can come to a dead heart and say, live again. He can come to an uncaring heart and say, care again. He can come to an unmoved heart and he can soften it and break it and apply tears to it. And he can make it care again and be moved again and make it soft again. So he has resurrection power available to work in the heart of a Christian. Well, is he invested? Well, there here comes the next description. He says this, you're the, that God is the great shepherd of the sheep. And here is this picture of a shepherd caring for his sheep. They're his investment. They're his wealth. You know, his food comes from the sheep, either from the milk or from the the price of the wool, his livelihood is in the sheep. His attention is towards the sheep. So yes, he is invested. We are his sheep. And he is his role in our lives is to shepherd and direct and correct and protect us because we're valuable to him and we're he's invested in us. And the last question I said that we had is, is God committed? You know, is he is he in this for the long haul? And it's like, yes, I the prayer is may the God of peace by the blood of the eternal covenant, work in you. Equip you, it says, with everything good that we do as well. So how is he going to do this? It's kind of like by the effects. As an effect, as a response to the blood of Jesus that was shed to make a new and everlasting and unfading covenant, a covenant that will endure all of our lives and all of human history and all of forever, this promised um, relationship And God's saying, I am committed to you by the blood of Jesus. I've slayed my son to have you. And it is, I've made an eternal covenant that will not be broken. I am committed to you.
And so as we meditate on these hope-producing things, praying to God that he would give us everything we need to obey his will and to do what's pleasing in his sight, we are standing in the hope zone. We are worshiping the Lord Jesus and we are giving him the glory that he deserves and we will do it forever and ever and amen.